Welcome to the Get With It podcast. I will be your host, Elizabeth. This podcast will focus on the decline of women in technology and how our grassroots organization works with the community to foster relationships and reducing the gap of women in tech. We will be talking with both men and women on how to continue to move the needle forward on those relationships. For more information, please check us out at getwitit.org. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Get What It podcast. This morning here in the States, I have Katrina Walker. I said that correctly? Yeah, well done. Well done. All right. Uh, and um, we are talking to you in... Well, uh, actually, right now I'm in Italy, North Italy. Oh, North Italy. Wow. Must be nice. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> so you're in North Italy. Wow. That's, that must be nice. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. So. okay. <laughs> All right. So um, Katrina has like a really interesting... Um, confusing <laughs> well I don't know I was intrigued I was like wow good for you girl so um all right I'm gonna let you talk about your like background sure um how you got to where what you're doing now yeah yeah okay um so first I'm originally from the San Francisco Bay Area born and raised oh so you're and American yeah, I'm American. I'm American. <laughs> yeah. My my English is strange now because I've been around a lot of non-native English speakers, <laughs> so they they've influenced me. Um so yeah, born and raised in Silicon Valley. So I was around tech my whole life and in fact, um I had a computer at a really young age uh because I I have five older siblings and um you know, I was always left out. <laughs> and so I think my grandpa um felt pity for me and gave me this computer to entertain me and it was perfect I loved it um, and I became quite savvy at you know navigating um, MS-DOS at a really young age and so I loved I loved computers um, I loved math and science as a child and I was living at sort of you know the tech epicenter of the world and I wasn't encouraged to pursue tech uh, interestingly enough and so um, I I, I went on to pursue psychology in college. I went to San Francisco State University and uh, worked as a social worker um, for about five or six years after college. Um, and, uh, you know, basically, I just kept on sort of jumping, jumping around jobs. Um, nothing was really resonating with me. And um, I went on to do a master's in cultural anthropology because I feel like when, you know, you're looking for something more, you often turn to education um, to try to, you know, either up your salary or, or start a new industry function. And this was the idea. Um, after doing a master's in cultural anthropology, where do you, where do you go from there? Right. Yeah, what's cultural <laughs> anthropology? Yeah. So... I, you know, studying, studying different cultures because I had been traveling for some time. And um, I was able to translate that into uh, basically some work in marketing. So I was working doing global marketing. Um, and at that point, I became introduced to the analytics industry, um, like through things like Google Analytics. Um, and I got really excited because um, I started seeing all this data and, you know, the metrics 
um, learning about web traffic analytics. And I thought, you know, I was at this crossroads at the age of 30. And I thought, man, I still have all this um, sort of resentment <laughs> towards my parents for never pursuing tech. Um, all my friends are obviously working in tech. And um, they have, you know, these privileged lifestyles where, you know, they're compensated well. Um, they, they're intellectually engaged with their work. They're problem solving. And quite frankly, I was a bit bored. Like, um, I mean, I had great jobs and I was working with great people. But intellectually, I felt like I wasn't using all of my bandwidth, right? And at the age of 30, it was like, okay, do I want to continue down this road? Or do I want to sort of up the ante? and give myself a good challenge and pursue a path that I feel um, is ultimately more, more challenging and engaging. And also you can be compensated more well for it. <laughs> so, so this was kind of the crossroads I was at and this was six years ago. Um, and so I, I had a lot of fears obviously to pursue tech um, because there's so many myths about it and you feel like, can you really get into tech if you weren't, studying computer science at the age of 13, um, you know? And so there, I didn't know a lot about it, quite frankly, and what went into it. I knew that there were boot camps, and I think, um, you know, boot camps have been around 2010. Um, and I think that these institutions um, did a good job in sort of myth-busting, um, you know, learning about folks who could pursue tech that um, didn't get a degree in computer science. And so it was kind of like um, a hurricane of different elements that eventually led me to um, pursue graduate studies in data science. And so um, I was looking for a data science program that was within a social science department that was in person, not online, and was affordable. And that took me to Barcelona. <laughs> Real serendipity. <laughs> it could have been anywhere in the world, but it was in Barcelona. And Barcelona obviously is a really cool um, city. So I moved to Barcelona almost four years ago, did a master's in data science, got my butt kicked. It was like a one-year boot camp, um, started working as a data scientist in industry. And then that sort of led me to where we're at now. Um, obviously, I'm familiar with a lot of the statistics associated with women in tech. Um, it's one thing to sort of know about them, and it's another thing to experience it directly. Right. And so my graduate program was a co-ed graduate program. It wasn't an all women school. Um, and I didn't really have uh, any sort of female mentors that were working in tech, nor did I have a community um, of women working in tech. And so uh, when I started working as a data scientist, I felt really alienated um, and, you know, wasn't connecting with my team, had a lot of doubts. And so um, that's when I started thinking about all women coding schools, which is nothing new. Um, we have one in San Francisco, we have Grace Hopper in New York, one in Seattle. And um, I couldn't get the, so I'm giving you my whole life story. Huh? <laughs> we love <laughs> Feel it. Feel free to interrupt me. It's a, it's a non-linear path. So it's, it's, I, I feel like the best way is to just sort of give it all to you. Um, feel free to interrupt at any point. That's totally the norm in Spain. Um, so I, so I, I had this idea to launch an all-women coding school in Barcelona. Um, really because of what I was experiencing and also um, the feeling that Barcelona reminded me a lot of a young San Francisco and we know the all-women coding school there worked really well. So I had this idea I wouldn't go away. Um, I did, you know, some, some modeling to see if I could uh, basically test out this idea with minimal risk. Um, I put together the website, launched it. I got a bonus at work and put that money into doing some like, you know, uh, social, social engine marketing. Um, 
And um, what happened was uh, people signed up. And in 2018, we launched our first boot camp. And um, it's been two years now. And we have different boot camps. We have women from all over the world um, doing our programs, stack development, data analytics, and now product management. We have a campus in Malaysia. Um, we're looking into expanding to East Africa. So it's just been a total wild adventure. <laughs> oh my God. And it all just happened like within the last year. I know. I know. In the, last, the, the last two years. Yeah, yeah. It's been, I mean, quite frankly, since I decided to pursue tech, it's just been um, a complete adventure, a nonstop, <laughs> stressful, interesting adventure. Well, but that's good because it turned out into something that benefited women in the end. Exactly. So, exactly. so what um, with the whole COVID, how's that affecting you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think we're lucky because um, we're teaching tech. So already much of our um, business is digitized, right? So we quickly had to transition our in-person boot camps to a remote format which really meant um, quickly checking out different platforms um, for uh, the instruction. We went with Zoom, like so many other companies. Um, and, you know, with trial and error, have tried to streamline it because it is a different experience. And, you know, there's like these micro encounters that happen in person that um, you need to find a way to make that happen remotely. Um, but overall, I think it's gone, it's gone quite well in terms of, you know, some of... Uh, at the end of our full stack development program, for example, our students, um, they do three projects, but at the end they have their collaborative team project. And some of the best full stack apps we've seen were created during a remote program. So for us, that really validated the fact that the knowledge um, can, can be transferred through a remote setting. Um, that said, so I mean, from a business perspective, yeah, it's been it's been a roller coaster, no. Um, and right now, I feel like we're having to take a couple steps back um, <clears throat> to really see how we can support women right now. Um, our assumption is that you know uh, money is tight for for many many people. Um, it's scary to commit yourself to invest into a boot camp, not knowing what's going to happen in the face of uncertainty. So um, we're thinking of different ways to do that. Um, we quickly developed a, a COVID relief fund to um, basically support folks that had been laid off um, to help reduce the cost. Um, and, and I mean, the pro to this remote experience, like a lot of boot camps, there are remote coding programs that have been out there pre-COVID. Um, and I actually had a negative bias towards um, doing our boot camps remotely. Uh, because ultimately I was quite ignorant um, because, you know, there's different, there's different ways to teach online. Um, you can have just a video recording. And this is what I was quite skeptical of because I think it's important to have um, someone who's there with you present while you're going through a curriculum. And you can, you can still have that online, actually. Um, uh, the professor can be with you all the time. And so... And on top of that, you can also record it. So you can get sort of the best of both worlds. Um, and so this is now, you know, we do remote boot camps. Uh, we can extend our reach. So we have folks joining us now in our remote programs from like New York City, Toronto, Accra, Ghana, um, Tokyo. And, and so this is exciting because you can sort of increase um, how international uh, the student demographic is. 
people can actually lower their costs because they don't have to, you know, fly to Barcelona to do the course. So um, it's, it's ultimately, I think, uh, been a good experience, um, you know? So are your, um, so how is your, like the boot camp set up? Are they like cohorts? How many weeks mm -hmm. are they? Like yeah. standard in the United States is 16 weeks, I think. Around, a lot of them are around like 12 weeks. Oh, I slapped on another month for the hell. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, you can also find some that are six months, huh? Um, so, so there is definitely some variability in terms of the duration of boot camps. Um, ours, so we have we have different formats, right? So we have um, for our data analytics and full stack development course, it's an eleven week program, full time, or a six month part time program. Um, I think what we found is that for women, and especially right now. A part-time program is really important because um, it allows it allows someone to continue working because not everyone can just take you know three months off right <laughs> and um, they can meanwhile start working towards changing industry and function um, so that's the format for full stack development and data analytics our product management course um, is a 60-hour boot camp so uh, we have a full-time and part-time version of that. Basically, you know, in less than a month, um, you can learn to basically build your, your, your toolkit to do product management. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so that's not technical, though, is it? Um, so <clears throat> some product managers are technical. Um, there's quite a bit of variability in terms of um, the type of product managers that are out there and what they're doing. And um, some of them come from engineering backgrounds because we're a tech school, obviously, um, and because we're committed to sort of getting more women into tech, there is a technical component to our, our product management course. Um, so folks learn how to do A-B testing, um, how to analyze it, how to query data using SQL, and that's kind of the extent to it, but it's certainly less technical than our other. And then the other two. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so other than, um, so how is it, like, I want to know, like, the atmosphere. You can't really see the atmosphere because we're going through Zoom here. But <laughs> when you have women, so how, let's start here. How big are your cohorts? Like, how many yeah. in a cohort? Yeah, um, it's around six on average. Um, basically, with COVID hitting, we've seen a decline. Um, so we have about six students. Um, so it's an, it's, an, it's an intimate class. Okay, so very intimate. And these just are all women. Mm -hmm. And so the comfort level, how is... Yeah, it's... Okay, so there's different layers, right? Our, people assume that like an all-women space, and it's important to note too that um, we're trans-inclusive, so trans women are um, encouraged to join our programs as well as non-binary folks. Um, and they look at us as sort of a monolith, like we're all the same, right? And in fact... We're quite, quite different. Um, our students are between the ages of 18 to 45. Um, some are parents, some just graduated high school, some have um, postdoctoral studies, some have experienced chronic unemployment, um, some have worked as biologists. So, and I mean, from, from all over the world, quite literally, every region, Africa, Asia, Europe, the Americas. So it's, it's a diverse bunch of folks and they come together and 
that you have like cultural elements to it too, right? And so every cohort is so different. And I have not been able to sort of discern a pattern. Um, <laughs> some, some folks, it's just like quieter. So with remote, definitely it takes a bit more time uh, for the group to congeal, um, especially if it's a part-time program. With the full-time programs, it's, it's an intense experience. And so um, everyone's sort of suffering together and there's, there's no better way to like um, establish rapport and camaraderie um, than when, you know, you're, you're working on challenging stuff and you need to sort of confide into one another. And so, so, so it's, it's different. I mean, it can be, it can be a bit quieter. Folks are shy, folks are scared. Um, and then you have some folks who are just sort of um, real great group leaders and they take charge and, um, and, and, and the group congeals quickly, right? Um, so ultimately by, you know, by a few weeks in, um, there's, there's rapport that has built between the students, yeah. But it's strange, right? Because no one's, no one's seen each other. And, and, and so we had a cohort, for example, um, that was supposed to be in person uh, in Barcelona and it was remote due to COVID. And so no one had ever seen each other. And now lockdown is over. Uh, and so we can see each other. So we saw each other. And it's a, com it's a completely different experience, no? Because you're just seeing squares of people. And right. then you see, you see bodies and you feel personality. Um, it's a nice experience, yeah. So how does that, um, when you were saying that they come from all regions, it just occurred to me, like, what's the language barrier? Is there a mm. language barrier? Um, not really, because um, our courses are taught in English, so that's a requirement to attend the program. You have Certainly, to know English. Yeah, exactly. You have to know English. Certainly a lot of different accents, <laughs> but, <laughs> right? No, um, but yeah, we're, we're all speaking English. Where do you, where are your uh, people that like teach the classes? Are they all in Barcelona? They are Barcelona based for now. Yeah. Okay. So they're, mm -hmm. all, how did you find them? Um, well, so we're quite fortunate because um, CodeOp is not just, you know, this for-profit business. It's a social venture. Um, so it is for-profit, but it's also uh, has a mission behind it that we're serious about. And um, that means that a lot of folks who um, are looking to sort of <clears throat> connect their heads with their hearts or, you know, do more meaningful work than maybe what they're experiencing in, in the corporate world, they're, they're drawn and attracted to what we're doing. And what we're doing is not that common. In fact, um, if you look at all the coding boot camps out there, you know, less than 1% are focused solely on women. Um, so we're doing something unique and that resonates with people. They're attracted to us. Some folks, they email us. We, we, um, our CTO, for example, Joanna, um, incredible engineer. We met her at an event. She came to speak to our students. We, we just, you know, felt a strong connection. We're able to convince her to join us as a CTO. She also teaches. Um, and some have found us on Angels List, um, a really important platform, obviously, for startups and um, technical professionals. And um, that's kind of it by, I mean, a combination of uh, word of mouth events um, as well as Angel List. Wow. That's yeah. great that people are behind the... 100%. What, less than 1% focus on women. and Yeah, yeah. This was two years ago. I counted. I think that it, things might be changing, but not a, not a lot. Right? I mean, um, boot camps have been around for a long time, and um, you just you don't see 
a lot of all women coding schools out there, you're seeing them more, which is great. Um, but what you, you still do not see, and, and that's really what CodeOp is on a mission to do, is that, so this issue of the gender disparity in tech, this is a chronic worldwide problem across, across the world. This is what I wanted to get to. This, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is a chronic problem worldwide um, to varying degrees, obviously. Actually, I think Portugal, for example, does a great job uh, for whatever reason. I don't know why our CTO is from Portugal, so she'll be very proud of that. But, <laughs> Um, but anyways, it, it's a it's a it's a it's a big issue that um, is worldwide, and yet um, there is no coding boot camp that um, is an international brand. So the the all women coding schools out there tend to stay local, right? So they have one in their city, and that's kind of it. And um, there's no iron hack. There's no general assembly. This is worldwide brand, and so we want to be that. We want to be that. And then there's more to this, right? Not only do you help women be more comfortable in coding, you said it earlier, you're like transgender, you have made the environment welcoming, I guess I should mm -hmm. say, for all of not just women, but people transitioning mm -hmm. to be women exactly. or... Um, Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. I mean, um, there's no question. The lack of representation in tech is not just for cis women. No. Right. Um, it's also impacting non-binary folks, um, transgender folks, and so um, you know, when I launched Code Up, I knew that um, you know you're thinking you want it to be all women. Well. Who does that include and who does it not include you know this is an important question that we had to ask ourselves and I was like no question that I want trans women to be part of this um, okay and what about you know folks that don't identify absolutely them too. <laughs> basically I don't want toxic masculinity I, I don't want to you know that's the problem we're trying to undo um, by getting folks um, different folks involved in tech and so that was sort of a no-brainer for me and at some point though you know um we had this question of like okay well you know you're marketing internationally and um folks so we were using the term for example women identified because you you need to ask yourself how you know so our course is in english all the content is in english we're based in europe and we're marketing the people around the world no um, and there's different language used for in different countries. Correct. So what, what language will we use? Um, and so we originally had started with women identified. Um, and uh, we did some testing and folks in Spain were like, what does that mean? Does it include me? Um, and, and when you're launching a new product, you're scared. You want to reduce confusion, right? right. Um, at the same point, like really, so, so I was worried about that. Oh, I was worried, okay, how can we, is there a language, is there a universal language out there that we can use um, to promote um, trans inclusivity? Um, and, and at some point I took a step back and I realized, you know, we're an educational institute. It's in English. Um, if folks aren't familiar with this term, then there's an opportunity to learn these terms. Um, and from then on, um, we always move forward and say women and TGNC, which is transgender uh, and non-conforming, gender non-conforming. And how was that? 
how, using these like, terms. Um, have you had a lot of positive feedback, I guess, from that part? Like, yeah. as a transgender woman, as somebody right. being like, thank you for taking, like, have you seen yeah. a big... Yeah, no, it was really beautiful. Um, we had a trans woman in our cohort back uh, in January. And she, I mean, she's provided incredible testimonies of just what an inclusive environment it was. And, um, and she, she felt right at home. And that's something that I mean, I'm most proud of, in fact. Uh, yeah, that's what you want, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So other than um, being busy, right? Yes. Do you do anything outside of running? Um, I, like, I like road biking. So this is a hobby I picked up about two years ago. So um, I have a road bike. And I try to do that once a week, uh, well, during the week and then once in the, on the weekend. And this is important for me. Um, aside from that, probably cooking, um, <laughs> relaxing. I'm set, you know, this is quite embarrassing uh, because I've been living in Spain for almost four years and, and now I'm taking Spanish classes. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my Spanish has been sub, subpar for a long time now, primarily because you know, I, when I moved to Barcelona, it wasn't like a vacation for me. I was quite busy learning data science and just did not have the mental bandwidth to also learn. I was learning computer languages. I didn't have time to learn real languages. And then I started working as a data scientist, which obviously, um, you know, it takes some time to um, feel comfortable in a, in a new function, a new industry. Um, and then I launched Coda. But then I'm like, okay, well, I'm always going to be busy. And um, so now I just have to sort of um, make this a priority. So I also am studying Spanish on my free time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Now, was your data science class that you took, was that in English? It wasn't English, yeah. Is that, the, is that the, the language that they don't use English? No. No, I mean, officially, Barcelona is part of Catalonia. So um, actually, Spanish isn't, um, I mean, the local language is Catalan, which is different than Castellano, which is Spanish. Um, that said, Barcelona is quite international. So, and this is part of the problem of why my Spanish is so horrid right now. It's because everyone speaks English. So it's quite easy to get by without speaking English. Really? Everybody speaks English? Many people do, yeah. It's quite, it's quite easy to, to get by. Wow. English yeah. is like one of the hardest languages because it has different, like uh, there could mean different meanings. Yeah, I, I've heard English is, is difficult to learn. I'm lucky that that was sort of a default. <laughs> <laughs> you grew up with it. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, okay, so you like to bike ride. I don't know how you do that, girl. Good for you because that bike riding hurts my butt. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, no question about that. Um, I don't know. It's, it's something that I always sort of wanted to get into. I, I have, I don't go to, I don't like going to the gym. Um, my exercise has to be like a hobby. Um, I have to get more out of it than just, if I go to the gym, I feel like, you know, like a hamster, you know? Um, and it, it's important. It's important obviously to be exercising and it can be really efficient to go to the gym. Um, but I just, I need a bit more than just exercise. Um, and so you know, in the past, I was super into rock climbing. So that oh. is basically indirectly kept me fit, more or less. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do fit in quotations. <laughs> um, I've never been an athlete. Um, so I was climbing for a while. And then when I started uh, my first master's, um, I needed something more, like a more efficient workout. So I started running. Um, and then I did a marathon. And this is sort of on my bucket list. Um, and then after I did a marathon, I never ran again, basically. It was like, okay, check. Then like I dabbled with windsurfing for a bit. And oh. I've been, basically I've been, I, I haven't, I, when I moved to Barcelona, I wasn't doing much in terms of activities. And so finally, um, I found a new hobby, which is the road biking. And um, it's a lot of fun because you can, you can go far with a bike um, and see some beautiful places and experience it in a way that you wouldn't otherwise uh, if you weren't on a bike. This is so off the subject, but are you on the water? <laughs> Oh, did, did I lock you up? Uh-oh. Oh, I, I oh there you go. Okay. <laughs> this is so off the subject was the last that I heard. Oh, okay. So are you on the water? Am I in the water? Like, are you on, because Barcelona isn't, aren't you uh, on, yes. like, water? Yes. We're, we're, it's, Barcelona is a beach town. Um, the Mediterranean is, is right there. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. on the Mediterranean. Oh, it's, it's really spectacular. Yeah. The, I'm from Cali North California, right? So, um, like the beaches there, I mean, you have the Pacific Ocean, right? <laughs> um, it's an intense body of water. It's cold. There's sharks. There's currents. It's not necessarily a relaxing place, right? Like you, you go, you go to Ocean Beach in San Francisco, and you feel the power of it. Um, it energizes you, in fact. Whereas Mediterranean is like this bash. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful um, sea. So um, you'll have to check it out if you haven't. I, I should. You know what? I should visit all these places that I am. You absolutely like, should. You know, interview. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be what I do. So you now when before I started recording, we were talking about it's really, really hot here in Ohio. Yeah. It's like in the nineties. Mm -hmm. Are and we're kind of in the middle of our summer. What are mm -hmm. you? Yeah, I would say um the climate is very similar to California, uh, but a bit more humid, right? And obviously in California you have many different micro microclimates. Um, but it's, it's July, it's the start of summer, um, it gets into the 90s, um, and it's, it's humid. Ugh. So if you have, like, flat hair like mine, <laughs> summer's a great time because you get a little extra boost from the humidity. <laughs> it helps that. Little. Absolutely, a little volume. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, okay, so... Now is I'm going to have you say the website and kind of spell yeah. it out. So sure. um, if people want to check it out. Okay. So it's, it's, um, it's code op, right? So code C O D is in dog E like coding code op O P. So one word code op dot tech dot tech. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then that's the website. They can go and get all the information. Absolutely. They can sign up. That's right. Okay. What if um, somebody reaches, do you have like a contact us if they have questions? Absolutely. Okay. 
So just because I'm assuming you probably get a lot of questions. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's like the same questions over and over, which are important. Um, but also we have a lot of different free coding workshops, um, different really cool events coming up that uh, people, it's going to be remote, oh, obviously. Talk about that. You have free coding workshops. Talk about that and then go mm -hmm. into the events because okay, okay. That's, people love that kind of stuff. Cool. Um, right. So there's a lot of fear uh, around learning how to code and we want to, we want to disassemble this fear. Um, <laughs> and so we offer these free coding workshops uh, that are online and folks from within our community teach basically for one hour, there's a, there's a little lecture and then a hands-on activity that gets you coding, learning the fundamentals of JavaScript, of HTML, CSS. Um, we have one coming up soon about SQL um, and so this is about like um, querying data in a database. Um, so these are all fundamental pieces, maybe um, learning Git, uh, which is a version control system. Um, all of this is free, join in. Uh, every other week we offer this. Um, I'm teaching myself Swift. Look at you. I <laughs> <laughs> so I designed an app and I'm trying to build, I'm trying to program it and put it into the app store. And I have to be honest with you, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Good for you. For code. But you like it. You like the challenge. I like the challenge. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. No, this is, this is the great thing about coding. I mean, this is all about, it's like doing a puzzle. It's like doing a digital puzzle. Your ego gets involved. It's really fun. Um, and and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you're dreaming about it. <laughs> Um, so coding workshops that's happening every other week online for free and then um, we're putting together an event series it's well it's put together <laughs> and um, you can read you can read more about the various events basically it's two a month and um, the idea is that we want to highlight what's happening on the margins of tech so much of what we know about tech is like corporate worlds the tech the technologies that we use, but um, there's cool ways tech is being used that um, isn't as visible as um, like corporate tech world. And so we're bringing folks from quite literally around the world, from, from Kenya, uh, from San Francisco, um, folks who are using tech in different ways. What do I mean by that? Talking about how they use tech uh, to work on social justice issues, um, tech activism, um, wine, how basically um, technology helped women start producing wine. Um, we all like wine. We want to <laughs> let's, 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 let's hear about the relationship between tech and wine, which, by the way, I know nothing about. Um, we have a, a really big festival here, um, one of the biggest electronic festivals uh, in Europe. It's called Sonar. And the head of uh, digital communication, uh, Georgia. She will be speaking a bit about technology and music. Um, we have folks talking about rural entrepreneurship um, and tech. And we have um, the head of digital innovation who was working at Welling, the airline, and now she's at uh, Chanel. Makeup and tech, right? I'm telling you, things are getting crazy. It's, it's your duty to start learning about tech because uh, more and more we're going in this direction, right? So anyways, it's going to be fireside chats. It's not presentations. It's going to be a conversation like what we're having right now. 
Um, I like this format because it's more intimate, it's more personable, it's less, you know, it's, 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 less, it's less formal. And so it'll be like a one hour, one hour and a half fireside chat. And that's it. Also free. Is that going to be recorded? Uh, that's a good question. I think it should be. So long as um, the speaker is cool with that. Because of the timing? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we haven't come up with the technology to help us with the whole time zone thing, no? Um, <laughs> waiting on like George Jetson. And that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right, because I would love to post that and get with it if you don't mind. Absolutely, um, we'd love we'd love you to do that for um, because I think a lot of us over, you know, a lot of women in general would um, dial in just to hear. I you said wine, and probably everybody shut down at that point. Was just like, <laughs> how do I sign up for that one? <laughs> right? Yeah, wine. I know, I know, and and, and this is a. Super amazing woman who's um, involved with doing uh, various uh, wine, like educational wine activities in Barcelona. Um, fantastic person. So it, it'll be interesting. It'll wow. Be interesting. Yeah. That's great. Wow. Look at you taking over the oh. world. No, 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 no. <laughs> just, just trying to stay engaged, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's been a really, you know, I... I never thought I want to do entrepreneurship, but that's not, that, that conversation never happened. I didn't go to school. I come actually from a family that it, it's like uh, small business owners and plumbing. Um, and my sister has a boutique. My grandfather was a plumber. They had their own businesses and they, they didn't believe in like going to school to learn about business. Um, and so this was sort of how I was raised. And so I, I didn't pursue business studies. Um, it was just more about wanting to build a community um that has you know shared values but is also um intellectually engaging no it's just these like two main things that were really important to me and um in the end that's that's what's happening that's awesome so hmm. so well um you're really busy i want to make sure we're all right on time cool. uh, um yeah okay because it's your day there so Right? Like it's your morning. Have you had yeah, your Yeah, it's 1041. <laughs> I've had my coffee. I've had my breakfast. I have a stand up with my team in an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, so you have a stand up with your who, now virtual. Yeah. yeah but it's supposed to be like a 10 minute stand up. But what it really is, is a one hour virtual sit down. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so that's something new for us, um, connecting virtually, because we're, we're a really tight team. There's no question that, so we're all familiar with sort of probability of a startup failing. It's quite high. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I always went into this thinking it will eventually fail. It hasn't yet. <laughs> um, but I went into it thinking it would fail. And so I'm always, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that, right? And um, if you make it after three years, then the probability really goes down um, and you're kind of like in the clear zone. But um, what I've been most, so what I try to do is say, that even if it were to fail tomorrow, um, I feel so fortunate for X, Y, and Z. No, we did an investment round, something that I've never, I've never done fundraising in my life. What an incredible experience that was, pitching, pitching this idea 
stupid idea that you had like a few months ago um, to investors, um, to people that, you know, have money to give to businesses and um, super intense. It's like, the, it's like 25 times worse than online dating, you know, like <laughs> you, get, you get ghosted, um, you put your heart and soul out there and um, you feel led on. You're like, wait, but you know, I thought we had a connection. Um, and so a really intense experience, but in the end we, we closed our seed round with over a quarter million euros. 90% of our investors are men backing our vision. Like brilliant experience that I feel so fortunate to have had. Um, but anyways, we were talking about my team and the point is to building this team for me is uh, one of the proudest things I can say about what we've done at CodeUp. Um, just putting together this group of individuals that are super smart, um, are kind of quirky <laughs> and have a really, have a really big heart. Um, you know, these people are my, my, my friends and that's been, that's been a real privilege to assemble. I think assemble all team. IT people have a bit of quirkiness to them. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do you feel awkward regularly? You should apply to a boot camp. You're going <laughs> to <you're gonna> love tech. <laughs> that's <laughs> true the introverts <laughs> yeah yeah so that's great so do you have any plans vacations anything oh so I, I i spoke with one of our board advisors uh last week about vacation because okay where where i you know in the states like we don't have so much vacation time in comparison to europe for example um you know you have over 30 days of vacation and that doesn't include sick time no um so that's just purely vacation time and basically in barcelona everything shuts down in the month of august everyone oh. goes on vacation yeah, 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 yeah things shut down and so this is a new this is this is this is a new culture that i have to acclimate to that hasn't been so easy because i feel guilty for taking vacation, especially being a CEO. I feel, you know, with the startup, I feel a lot of pressure about it. And especially now because with COVID, obviously um, there's been a lot of work with, um, you know, troubleshooting new problems and making new plans, new programs. And I'm like, you know, this is kind of an, a critical period. Should I, should I take this time off? And my, 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 one of my board members was like, absolutely. <laughs> so so yeah so, okay well if i get the green light from you then i will take a vacation um and so i i will go to the south of italy with my partner to relax on the beach for a bit nice. um and then maybe some backpacking yeah that's one of the privileges that comes with living in 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 spain anyways um, Is the... you have a lot of beautiful places just an hour flight away and um and you have vacation time Wow, that's so nice. Back mm. Wow. Yeah, I don't take it for granted. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. Well, enjoy your August off. Thank you. Well, I, I will not be taking all of August off, just, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Well, enjoy your time off because Thank you. you definitely deserve it. And I'm going to post your website to get with it awesome. for those fireside chats and um, free uh, workshops. workshops. And yeah. then um, maybe we can get um, some people interested in 
the camp, coming cool. to the boot camp um, here virtually. <laughs> hmm. So it's going to be C O D E O P. C-O-D-E-O-P dot tech. Dot tech. Okay. All right. So, um, and then out of curiosity, um, you might get people who want to just reach out to you directly. Are you okay? Absolutely. Okay. 100%. I love talking. I mean, it's important that we talk, um, especially if people are thinking about launching their own businesses or getting into tech. Um, we need to support that. So Yes. Okay. Perfect. Cool. Enjoy your day. Thank you. You too. I can see the sun. It's a beautiful day. And um, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I know you have a really busy schedule, but I think our audience is going to be super excited um, to hear you and then go to the website and um, check all that out. So thanks very much for taking the time to hear a bit more about my crazy journey. <laughs> we love it. That's how it all starts. Most, most of us don't start in IT. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they love it. So, well, I thank you again and you um, enjoy the rest of your day and please enjoy your vacation. Thanks. Take care. <laughs> you too. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We will see you next time and feel free to drop us a line at getwitit.org.